Imagine the way the apostles were gazing, fixated on Jesus ascending through the clouds and into the heavens. They have all been traveling and studying with Jesus for the last three years. They're very close to Jesus. He's not just their teacher, he's their friend. You can imagine their emotions and the straining to see him rise into heaven. Some of them have already watched him go through torment. They were in mourning, and then they all experienced him alive again. In over 40 days, he continued teaching them improving to them that he was who he said he was and provided them with further instructions. That's what we're looking at today. Just before he ascended, the apostles would be fixated on something else, the establishment of an earthly kingdom, the kingdom of Israel. So let's look at the scripture. Acts 1, 6 through 8. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' command is for them to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. This is a geographic commission from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. But not only that, it's an ethnic one from Jew to Gentile. A lot of commentaries point out that the apostles are ignorant to what Jesus is saying or even that they are not yet affected by the Holy Spirit. While I agree that the Holy Spirit has not yet immersed on them, I think we need to be careful about calling the apostles ignorant or that their only understanding of the kingdom was a nationalistic one. Remember, the apostles have spent three years with Jesus. We also need to keep in mind that the apostles were Jewish. They grew up well-versed in the teachings. If we look at the Old Testament, which for those who may be new to Christianity or just don't know, what we call our Old Testament are the same text that the ancient Jews would have studied. So let's look at Ezekiel 39, 25 through 29. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will now restore the fortunes of Jacob and will have compassion on all the people of Israel. And I will be zealous for my holy name. They will forget their shame and all the unfaithfulness they showed toward me when they lived in safety in their own land with no one to make them afraid. When I have brought them back from the nations and have gathered them from the countries of their enemies, I will be proved holy through them in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God, for though I sent them into exile among the nations, I will gather them to their own land, not leaving any behind. I will no longer hide my face from them, for I will pour out my spirit on the people of Israel, declares the Sovereign Lord." So the question the apostles are asking is a good question and a reasonable conclusion on their part. Jesus also makes this comment in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verses 29 through 30. 
Jesus says, And I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table, in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So, with that in mind, let's jump back into Acts chapter 1, verse 9. After the apostles have posed him this question regarding the kingdom of Israel, and Jesus responds in verse 7. Again, he says, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, After Jesus said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men, dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. When Christ's ascension takes place, this is where we see his fullness of divinity, his authority and glory. This is the ultimate picture of how we live under Christ's reign, and we are to await his return. We learn in the following verses that the way Jesus will return is bodily visible, and he'll be coming from heaven on the clouds. And we see this in Mark 14, 62. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. You can also see this in Luke 21, 27, Matthew 24, 30, Matthew 26, 64, and Mark 13, 26. The men in white are angels. And angels are typically indicated with white clothing. And we see this throughout the Bible, for example, here in John 20, 12. And saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. As we wrap up chapter one this week, here is what we need to keep in mind as we move into the rest of the book, all right? So we have some parallels between Acts 1 and Luke 24. Goals and Promises Number 1. The apostolic ministry is to start in Jerusalem and spread to the ends of the earth. The use of earth here in Greek means the physical earth or land. Number 2. The apostles will serve as witnesses to the life and resurrection of Jesus. Number 3. The Holy Spirit will be poured upon the apostles. And number four, the Holy Spirit will be the power by which the apostles, the witnesses, serve and take the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth. So let's read this in scripture. Luke 24, verse 47 and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. 
Acts 1, verse 4. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We pick up in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, here's what Christians need to understand about Acts 1. 1. The Holy Spirit wants the world to know Jesus Christ. Number 2. The Holy Spirit first used the apostles to reach the world. Number 3. The Holy Spirit gave the power to the apostles. And number 4. We, as Christians, should seek this power, this closeness with the Holy Spirit. We should seek this power for the purpose of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ as we are directed in Matthew 28:19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in Mark 13:10, and the gospel must first be preached to all nations. The apostles wasted no time after the Holy Spirit moved at Pentecost. The apostles would take the message of Jesus beyond Jerusalem. Their words, their voices, their impact continues to echo today. Christians, it is not only our duty, but it is our goal to share the story of Jesus. I know it's difficult and sometimes awkward, but this looks different for everyone. And when you seek the power from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will move you in the direction you are to go. That's the promise. You don't have to worry or wonder how you, of all people, can share the story of Jesus. You only need to seek that power, that closeness with the Holy Spirit, and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. The apostles didn't know how to continue Jesus' ministry until after the Holy Spirit immersed them. Find encouragement in the apostles' ability to listen to their Savior, to obey his instructions, and grow in all directions. Thank you so much for watching. There's so much more to dive into, so I'll see you next time.